Hey, welcome to the 1826 podcast. My name is Joe and I'm the leader of the 1826 young adult community here at Faith Chapel. I just want to let you know really quickly, we meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. in our church lobby. I encourage you to check us out on Instagram at 1826FC so you can kind of get a feel for what we're about. Without any further ado, let's dive into the message. That's not firm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. 
though. And so when the troubles come, when the wind comes, it crumbles easily. Because it's not built on strong value. It's not built on truth. It's not built on honesty. It's not built in love. So it crumbles. And I see this trend where people are struggling with this concept of self-identity. And what happens is, is you'll go through life and you just try and latch on to people. Whoever gives you the most attention, you'll just latch on to them, whether that's a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a, or a leader or a parent. You just say, I'm going to put all myself into you to the point to where you start to try to be like them. You start to dress like them. You start to like listen to music that you didn't even like before because you just wanted to be like them. And you become addicted to the relationship. So much so that you're never able to grow into the person that God designed you to be. Addiction. I use that word because we, we, we become addicted to the person. And oftentimes we think of addiction and what do we think of? We think of drugs, alcohol, pornography. But, and we write those people off, right? I can't be friends with somebody who's addicted to drugs. I can't be friends with an alcoholic. I can't be friends with somebody who watches pornography. But I read something really interesting this week about, about addiction. And it said, a definition for addiction is, is addiction is just a coping mechanism for a bigger problem. So why should we write people off with addiction? Because we're not actually handling the addiction. Because there's this other problem here that we're not giving any value to. The action has a purpose. I like to call this fruit over the root. That's how a lot of you guys live. You're producing fruit. You're producing relationships. You're producing moments. You're producing all these things. And you think you're bearing fruit in this healthy way. But the reality is, is that eventually you run out of things to give. Because the root's not healthy. Because the root's not grounded into truth. When's the last time you you woke up and you said, today I'm going to... I'm going to love myself and I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to, I'm going to put myself first before I check my social media. I'm going to put myself first before I, I try to get into that friend group. I'm going to figure out if this is healthy for me. When's the last time you did that? When's the last time you put the root over the fruit? And so you come around people and you're trying to give them all your, your fruit. You're trying to give them the best versions of yourself. And they pick the parts that they like about you, and they leave the rest. And you become more depressed, become more anxious, becomes harder to trust people, because you're sitting in this isolation that you can't seem to get out of, and you're still left with the same issue of not knowing who you actually are. How does a story about a crazy prophet and his servant relate back to my self-identity. I want to tell you. He's saying, go and look again. It takes him seven times, the Bible says. He says, go and look again, go and look again, go and look again. And I think we live in a culture currently where we want to put our tiptoes in the water 
And we want to try something, and the moment it doesn't work out, we say, well, I tried it. Yeah. And now that's forever going to be written off in my life. But I want to remind somebody that it's time that you go back and you look at that again. That friendship didn't work out. Look again. I didn't get the fulfillment I wanted out of youth group. Look again. My parents are fighting. I don't know what to do. Look again. I didn't find the answer I was looking for in the Bible. Look again. Turn to your neighbor and say, look again. When you want to give up, look again. Because it might take one, two, three, it might take seven times. But your self-identity is not worth giving up on. Look again. And so the seventh time, right? Seventh time, he finally goes out. And it says he sees a cloud the size of a fist. A little cloud. And he comes back. Now Elijah... Elijah's a bad, bad dude, right? Like, modern day, Elijah would have tattoos and ride on a motorcycle and stuff like that. Like, in the story right before this, he had just put to death, like, a bunch of people, and he called down fire from heaven. Like, he was a bad, bad man. Like, so so Ahab sees this little cloud, and he's going back to Elijah because Elijah's expecting this big storm, so Ahab thought. And he's going back, and he's kind of scared. And he's like, I know you said there was going to be an abundant rain. I know you said there was going to be a big storm. There's not. There's a little cloud. Have you ever had to give bad news to somebody? Like your mom or dad, like you got in a fight and you broke something and you had to go to them and be like, I know this is not what you want to hear. But I messed up. (laughs) Little. I looked up what little means today. Young and unimportant. You ever feel young and unimportant? You ever have somebody tell you, you can't do that because you're too young? You ever feel that way? Like, I can't ever amount to anything because my life doesn't have any significance attached to it. My life isn't important enough. I don't come from that family. I don't have that wealth. I don't have this or that or the other. So I'm always going to stay the size of a fist. We were traveling back to Kansas City, my hometown, and we were visiting with one of my dad's old associate pastors. And we were walking out, and he puts his hand on my back and he says, Little Joe, always used to walk around with his head down. And I started to get angry with him because I'm like, this is how you remember me? Like, all of the good times, you remember me as this depressing, like, kid that's hunched over and walking around. And I'm like, this is how you remember me? Seriously? Little Joe always used to walk around with his head down. So depressing. So, so sad. I always felt so bad for you. But then he said something that I think relates here. He says, but you've grown. You've grown up. You've become more confident. I can see that you're not like that anymore. He was saying the person that you were was not the person that you were becoming. The things that, that I saw when you were small, when you were little, did not define the course of your life. Do you believe that, that you can grow? Do you believe that 
when God gives you life and you take care of it in the right way, like a seed, right? When you plant a seed, when let's pretend like our lives are like seeds and, and you're watering it and you're, you're doing things to protect it and you're caring for it. Do you believe that God can take those situations and, and make something beautiful out of it? I hear people say, nobody likes me. Nobody respects me. And my first question is always, but do you respect yourself? If you see yourself as a little person, if you see yourself as insignificant, why should anybody else see you as anything but those things? If you want to stay little, you can stay little. That's easy. I'm not saying growth is easy. Growth is hard. But you don't have to stay little. And God's plans for your life are not for you to stay the size of a fist. Imagine praying to God, the person who can come down into your life and literally do anything, can change your whole situation, and praying to him with the mentality that you're not good enough. Imagine praying a really important prayer and getting an unimportant answer. Right? Like, I went out and I looked and I saw a little cloud. That is not the answer that I was looking for. Right? Have you ever done that? Yeah. God, I don't want to be alone anymore. And he says, no, I need you to be alone. That's not the answer I was looking for. God, I don't want to feel depressed anymore. He says, be patient. You say, that's not the answer I was looking for. You see, we all have a story. We all have that seed. But sometimes I don't think we're patient enough to see how God's going to grow it. We're not patient enough to see how God can use even the smallest things. Your depression, your anxiety, your addictions. Those thoughts that you haven't told anybody about. To use as a, a testimony to impact so many other people. Maybe the small things that you aren't paying any attention to is the mighty storm God is wanting to use in your life. So I want to encourage you to take joy in the little things. Because if you despise the little cloud, if you despise the little things in your life, the things that you don't like, You'll never see the abundant rain, and you'll never enjoy the journey of getting there. Don't write something off because it came smaller than you expected it. Because in the story, that, that cloud that was just hovering, that he took seven times just to even see, turned into this mighty storm. Do you believe that where you are, as little as you are right now, you can turn into something mighty. That you could reign into your schools and into your communities, into your homes, into your relationships. In verse 45, 
not in the translation I read from, in a different translation it says, and soon the sky became black and tremendous rain began to fall. And soon, when I was reading that today, it stood out to me, so I added it. And soon. I think God's soon and our soon are two different things. Yeah. Like, I can't tell you how fast it took this to grow into a mighty rainstorm, but I can tell you to God it was soon. But to us, it probably wasn't quick enough. What are you waiting on that you're about to give up on? But in the grand scheme of things, it's actually pretty happening. It's happening pretty soon. Yeah. Like, we want things to happen now. I don't want to be single anymore. Now. I don't want my parents to fight anymore. Now. I don't want to be addicted anymore. Now. I don't want to struggle with this. Now. And God's saying, soon. Soon. You ever been on a road trip? And you ask your whoever was driving, you're like, are we almost there yet? What did they say? No. They probably said no. I went to we would travel to St. Louis for the holidays every every year. We would travel. And I would ask my dad, I said, are we almost there yet? And he would say, soon. <clears throat> And it would give me the strength to keep going. Because as a young kid, three hours was just too long in the car. And I felt like my knees were gonna break, and I felt like my back was gonna break, and I needed to stretch and do all these things right. But the thought that we're almost there soon gave me a second win. You might not think you're close to where you're going, but I'm here to remind somebody today it's gonna happen soon. It might not happen in your soon, but on the timeline of where we're going, where we're going to spend eternity, it's actually happening pretty quickly. Hey, thanks for joining us. I hope that message encouraged you. I hope it inspired you. I want to let you know that we meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. You're free to join us. We'd love to meet you. We meet on campus at our home church, Faith Chapel San Diego. You can look us up online. You can follow us on Instagram at 1826 for more info. We hope to see you soon.